I was recently reading of unheeded warnings. There was a listing of unheeded warnings. There was a, a member of President Kennedy's staff. The, the story said they had been to Dallas as part of a United Nations meeting uh, just a couple of weeks ahead of President Kennedy's trip. Upon returning, uh, he went and told the president's main advisor that the president should not go to Texas and for sure he should not go to Dallas. He said there was a hatred in the air, there was a turning uh, for sure against the Kennedys, and he said for sure not to go to Dallas. Well, we know that advice went unheeded. Uh, I read about an agent for the FBI uh, who had worked for years, a big chunk of his career, on an unknown group called Al-Qaeda. He told, he was one of the ones that documented, he told of their making plans to attack uh, in Europe and also in America. He is one of the ones that identified its leader, uh, a man named Osama bin Laden. Uh, right before he retired, he told his superiors, and he was very diligent to do this, he told his superiors of a group who had traveled to America. They'd made several different trips. They traveled to America, and they were taking flying lessons. He even gave many of their names to his superiors. Uh, it's an interesting term. After he retired, he took a job in the South Tower of the World Trade Center where he was killed in the stairwell. Another one, April 4th, 1912, maybe you've heard of this, the captain of a ship, the SS California, it was a British ship. Uh, it found a field of large icebergs that was traveling later in the evening. Uh, he told his wireless radio operator to wire the other ships and warn them of the danger, which he did. He went in the radio room and he began to tell the ships around there of the danger of the icebergs. A close ship, a ship close by was actually six miles away. The SS Titanic received the message, but the, the message was so loud on the headset that the radio man became angry, took off the headset and turned it off and went to bed. He heard the message and never related it to anyone else. I imagine as I think about those, I imagine there are many stories such of those. We hear those and I imagine there is much regret for warnings that have gone unheeded. Well, I wonder tonight as we begin uh, why we are so many times flippant when we hear God's warnings, why we are so careless not to heed the warnings of God. His warnings, after all, they are not guesses, they are not speculations, but they are his truth. And I wonder how it could be that we would be so, so senseless to disregard, to be careless with the warnings of God himself. Well, tonight we're going to continue in our study, and we're moving to a section of warnings from God, uh, given to us as we close out this 26th chapter of Proverbs. So we get to the end of the chapter, we're going to run through these verses tonight, which are warnings to us from God. We will be wise to heed his warnings. All right, tonight we start back in verse 17. We start back in verse 17. All right, here we go. Like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by 
and meddles with strife not belonging to him. Like one who takes a dog by the ears is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. Now this verse is talking about a person who involves themselves in conflicts that are not their own. Now it's not their issue. It says they're passing by. It's not their issue. It's not their battle. And yet they get right in the middle of it. Now the picture here is there is a dog and it is an aggressive dog. It is a mean and angry dog. And this person passes by and snatches the dog by its ears. Now at that point you can imagine the struggle. You can either keep wrestling the dog or you can let it go and it would bite you. Well, the Bible shows us here it is the same for a person who passes by and meddles in the problems of others. I was looking it up. Uh, the word for meddles there in, in Route 2 Hebrew, uh, it is a word that says stick your nose where it doesn't belong. To stick your nose where it doesn't belong. You're passing by, it's not your business, not your issue, and yet you can't wait to get in the middle of that issue. Now, I'll just tell you, here's what I've decided in all these years. There are people who strangely like strife. You ever notice that? There are actually people that they like trouble, they like conflict, they like crazy, and the crazier the better and the more the better. And there's always something brewing with those folks. You get around them, they're always mad about something, they're mad about something, some person, they're talking about somebody, they're ready to stir the pot, and, and they seem to like trouble. Well, the warning is, there is trouble in meddling. There is trouble in sticking your nose in a conflict that is not your own. Right, verses 18 and 19. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? Now, it's, it's pretty interesting how precise these descriptions are, how relevant, these are thousands of years old, how relevant these warnings are. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? Now these verses, they're describing the, the version, a, a different version of the same troublemaker. Uh, they are a neighbor and yet they are deceptive. They are liars. They are pot stirrers. Uh, they cause issues, and so they, they sow seeds of discord. They, they gossip about this neighbor to that neighbor, they cause, and it says deceit, a deception, trouble in, in their provoking. And then when they're caught, they say, well, I was just joking. Well, didn't you say this about so-and-so? Well, I was just joking. Well, did you really say this about me? Oh, yeah, but, but can't you take a joke? It, 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 why are you so sensitive? And they turn it around and put it back on you. Now, the picture here is actually of a madman, that's the word. They have no sense, they're wild, and they're throwing spears, and they're throwing torches, and they're shooting out arrows, and death and destruction are all around them. Now, I want to be sure to say this. These are more than practical jokers. We know folks like that. But these folks hide out 
with the practical jokers. They are mean-spirited. They are harm-seeking. They lie. They gossip. They cause division. They cause trouble. Now, the warning here of Scripture is beware of this person. Do not give a pass to this person. Do not overlook this person. Now, here's what I've noticed. I'm going to say it in a couple different spots. For some reason, we think, well, that's just them. Well, that's how they are. Well, I don't want to cause any trouble. And we, and we give these people a pass. The Bible says, be aware, be warned of this type of person. Verse 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Now, see the picture here in verse 20. There is a fire, and as the fuel for the fire, the wood burns down, the fire gets smaller. Now, if you've ever had a campfire, you know that. If you have a fireplace, you know that. As the fuel, as the wood burns down, the fire gets smaller. And as the wood burns down, the fire gets smaller. And the fire gets smaller. And if you do not add wood, the fire will eventually go out. If you do not throw another log in the fire, if you do not put some more wood in the fire, it will eventually go out. Well, in the same way, the Bible says, where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. The word there for whisperer, if you look it up in the original language, it is a tale-bearer, a storyteller, a gossip. And so where there is no tale-bearer, where there is no gossip, contention, it, it means strife, conflict, quiets down. And so here's what the verse is showing us. Trouble calms down, problems fade away, strife and conflict cease when there is no fuel for the fire. Now, it's an interesting picture. The Bible says these things, problems, troubles, conflict, strife, contention, they are like a fire, and they can burn and they can rage, but they need fuel. If there's a fight going on, it needs fuel. If there's contention and division, it is fed by fuel, and the fuel is this tailbearer, this gossip. Here's the truth. If we quit pouring gas on the fire, the fire will go out. If you quit pouring gas on the contention, on the, on the problem, on the issue, the contention will die out. Now I want to go one more verse here before I make the point. Verse 21. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Now, verse 21 is really the inverse of what we looked at in verse 20. If you have a small burning ember, if you have a small fire, and you're to add charcoal to that, or you're to add wood to that, the fire will kindle again. It will flare up again. And so there may be just a small ember. There may be just a, a small flicker of a flame. But if you'll add wood to that, if you'll add charcoal to that, 
fuel to that, the fire will rage in the, it, again. Well, in the same way, the contentious person, here's the warning, the contentious person fuels strife. Contentious, it means, it translates, discord sower. People that actually sow cause discord. A contesting person, this is an antagonistic person. If you say left, they say right. If you say hot, they say cold. Doesn't matter the issue. They're always antagonistic. They're a contesting person. It is a creator of discord. The most literal is a brawling person, a fighting person. Well, here's the warning from God in verses 20 and 21. When you find a divisive person, when you find a discord sower who causes strife, here's the deal, mark and avoid those people. They cause conflict. They're always causing trouble. They're always adding fuel to the fire. They're always stirring the pot. Mark and avoid those people. Do not give them any room. Do not try and appease them. That's our nature. We'll mess around with them. We'll try and appease them. For sure, write this down. Do not put them on any committees. Do not listen to those people. Do not listen to those people. Again, too often, especially in the church world, because we're supposed to get along, we'll tolerate those people. We'll entertain those people. Well, we ought to cut them off. They're divisive. They're rude. They cause conflict always. We ought to cut them off. Well, the warning here, they will keep the fire going. They will start a fire always. All right, verse 22, it's another warning. Verse 22, the words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels. This is a weird verse. And they go down into the innermost parts of the body. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. All right, remember the whisperer. The whisperer is showed back up. The whisperer, they are the talebearer. They are the story repeater. They are the pot stirrer. They are the gossip. Well, the, the verse says they are like dainty morsels. Now, this is a weird, this is a weird explanation here. Let me explain it to you. You ever go somewhere, maybe you go to some restaurant, maybe you go to somebody's house, maybe you go to some event, and they have a plate of appetizers. And it's all fancy and it's all set up and there's, there's this plate and it's all fancy and it's good and there's usually a fancy sauce to dip those things in and it's good. And, and you walk up and you stand there and you say, ooh, ooh, some, some dainty morsels. I'm going to get one. And you grab, it has a toothpick in it, it's got all the frilly stuff on it, and you grab that dainty morsel and you dip it in the dainty morsel sauce right there, and you tell all your friends, have you tried the dainty morsels? The, ooh, these are dainty morsels. And you eat one of them, and you stand there a little bit longer, and you start to say, I, ooh, I'm going to get another dainty morsel. Wow, y'all try the dainty morsels. And you grab another one, and they don't watch it, but while you grab, you grab two of them and you eat two dainty morsels, and nobody's looking, they're all laughing at some joke, somebody's telling them, and I'm going to get me two more dainty morsels. 
And the host is standing there. This is always happening. And the host always says, oh, those old things, those old things. And you say, well, I'm going I'm to grab another dainty morsel. Have y'all tried this sauce? That's how gossip is. That's what the Bible's saying here. Did you hear about them? Did you hear what I heard about them? Did you hear what's going on at their house? Did you hear what their husband, what their wife did? I'll have one of those. Maybe I'll talk in a hushed tone. I'll take a little bit more of that. Maybe, maybe I'll hear one more thing. Are you serious? That's what's going on over there. I'll take a little bit more of that. And before long, here's what the Bible's showing us. The fire of contention is raging. And, and maybe you're filled up on, on the issue and maybe you're ready to become divisive or maybe the words that you've heard have caused a division for you and now you've taken in the words of contention and you're mad or you're mad at somebody else or you know somebody else is mad and it's all stirred up. Here's what the Bible says to us again. When you find that person, mark that person, avoid that person, they are trouble. Can I tell you about that? No, don't tell me about that. They are trouble. Verse 23. Now listen, I'm not against dainty morsels. If you have me over, I'd like some of those. I don't like gossip. Verse 23. Like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart. Some of these are hard to understand. Let me explain it. Like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart. We're about to start a section talking about the same thing. An earthen vessel is a clay pot. It is a common pot. It's not fancy. If you're looking for something fancy, this isn't the pot you would get. It's a clay pot. But this person takes it and dips it in silver. It it is silver coated. So it is not fancy, but now it appears fancy. It's not worth a lot, but now it appears to be something. It looks fancy. It says our burning lips. Now, the Hebrew word, this is where we get the understanding for the verse. It actually means fervent lips. Uh, it, It really means this, enticing lips, glad speaking lips, attractive lips. We would probably say today, smooth speaking lips. You ever get around someone and and you like to talk to them? When you're around them, they say the right things and they may brag upon you. They may talk about how good your kids are and they're good at the art of conversation. And you're like, hey, I just ran into so-and-so and I had a great conversation and I like talking to them. They're smooth speakers. And yet this person has a wicked heart. They seem okay. Their words are attractive but they are not what they seem. Now, the warning starts to take shape here in this verse. It's starting to build here. We're starting to see the picture. Verse 23 is saying, okay, be careful. goes further in verse 24. Let me read 23 again. Like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart. Verse 24, he who hates disguises it with his lips but he lays up deceit in his heart. Now, verse 24 is building on the same picture. They hate. Now, listen, that's a harsh word. They hate, but you'd never know it. They're not for you, but you'd never guess it. Deceit is in their heart. They are false. 
They are fraudulent. They are liars. They are not real. And yet you'd never know it. Oh, it sounds like they're my friend. Sounds like this is a person I can trust. Their words are smooth. Now the warning is building. It's taking shape. All right, it goes on in verse 25. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him. For there are seven abominations in his heart. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him. For there are seven abominations in his heart. They're talking graciously. They're talking kindly. And the Bible says there are seven kinds of hate in their heart. Not just one. There's seven kinds of hate in their heart. Here's what the Bible says. Do not believe them. Do not believe them. Here is the warning. Listen, we are to weigh people's words. Shouldn't we take everything anybody says is truth? Shouldn't we just gobble up somebody says something? Well, we're in the church. It must be true. Well, they claim to be a Christian. I'm going to take that as truth. Listen, the Bible says this. A wise person, they will weigh, consider, study, evaluate people's words. We ought to be aware of smooth talkers. Be leery of those who are two-faced, who are fraudulent. The Bible says do not believe them no matter what they say. All right, now I want you to watch this, verse 26 and 27. Though his hatred covers itself with guile, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Verse 27, he who digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone, it will come back on him. Here's what the verses are telling us. Though their hated, hatred is covered with guile, now that word means trickery or deceit, so they're, they're full of hatred, and yet they cover it up, they, they hide it. Though their hatred is covered with guile, Here's what the verse is saying. They will be found out. They will be found out. It will come back on them. Those that dug a trap for you, they're going to fall in a trap. Those that have pushed a rock up a hill, that rock will eventually come back and overtake them. It will come back on them and it will be known. Here's what God is saying to us in this verse. Gossips, liars, slanderers, troublemakers, pot stirrers, will eventually be found out. Now, I'm going to add my logic right here. It's never soon enough. It's never soon enough. Bible says they'll be found out. It'll come back. It'll get them. They'll be caught in it. It will be known. It will come back. And here's what the Bible says. It will eventually be their run. I don't know. Sometimes I think I need to remember that. Sometimes I think about what people have said and things they've said about others, about me. And I think, oh, I'd like to get them. Oh, I'd like to tell everybody what they said. Oh, I'd like to even up that score. Here's what the Bible says. It'll come out. It'll get them in the end. Trust God. It will come out. It will bring their run. All right, a verse of, of summary is in verse 28. In case there's any doubt, let's sum it up in verse 28. A lying tongue hates those it crushes. You want to know what the motivation is? You want to know what the deal is? A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Don't believe what they're saying. We're to be people that are aware of words, that consider the mouth that are speaking them 
that weigh the motivations of the heart. We're to be careful. We're to be warned. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. Be aware. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight, and these seem like simple things. Maybe they even sound like, seem like small things. But Lord, I pray that we would put them into practice, and we would be people that control our speech, that we would not be deceptive in our speech, we wouldn't be found flattering unduly with our speech, that we wouldn't be mean-spirited in our speech, that we wouldn't be a liar in our speech, we wouldn't be a spreader of gossip, a tale-bearer with our speech. Lord, help us. But then I pray, Lord, that we would be aware of the speech of others. And I pray that we would guard ourselves and our home and your cause and your name by watching out for the speech of others. And I pray, Lord, that we would use godly wisdom, that we would evaluate the words of others, that we would align it with the word of truth, the word of God, and I pray, Lord, that our lives will be better for it. Lord, help us to take this to heart, to put it to practice. Lord, we come, and again, we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. I'm thankful that you care enough to see us, to instruct us, to guide us, to help us, to bless us. Lord, I, I praise you for that. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, as we finish this sermon series, as I think about it. The issue is, do we trust God? Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to walk in that trust. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us to speak and to tell others of a living Savior because of the faith that we have in you. Lord, we come and I pray again for our Easter effort. I pray for the study coming up in Revelation. I pray that you're able to speak, that you take those things and that you bless them, multiply them, use them, that you're known through them. Lord, I come and as I, as I said this morning, I pray for families I pray for young people that Satan is coming for, kids and grandkids that Satan would like to tear apart. I pray, Lord, that the foundation of truth will be available to them in truth speakers, in parents that will speak the truth, in churches that will speak the truth, in teachers that would speak the truth. Lord, I pray that they would have a foundation of truth, that it would grow. I know, Lord, that it will hold if it is the truth. I pray, Lord, for your grace and your protection to be on a generation that Satan would like to ravage. Lord, I pray, thanking you as we saw this morning that all this craziness points to the fact that you're coming again, that very soon there's going to be a day when all these things will be set right. I thank you for that, but I also pray for faithful feet, for diligent mouths to speak in the meantime of the good news of the gospel that we hold. Lord, we Come and we end this day by saying we're thankful. We're thankful for the good things. We're thankful for your grace. We're thankful for the rain. We're thankful for the sun shining outside. We're thankful for a new spring when things come back to life. Lord, we're thankful that you didn't leave us, never have. We're thankful that you've never forsaken us. Thankful for the blessings of our homes, of our families. Thankful for the blessing of a church. Thankful for the blessing of fellowship with believers. Most of all, we're thankful for Jesus, our King and our Savior. We praise you, Lord. We pray all this thanking you, rejoicing in you. In Jesus' name, amen.